0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I am your host, Keith Orion, the man who is obsessed with making dope music and teaching you how to make your own. And I appreciate you tuning in. I really do. You could be anywhere in the world. Where- what you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. All ten of you tuning in, um, I appreciate you being here and uh, listen to what I gotta say. If you read the description, the title, you already know what today's episode is about. We're going to be diving into some pretty uh, weird, interesting, raunchy, juicy topics today around the game, sex, relationships, and programming, which I know might not all sound related, but Um, I'm going to try to tie them together the best that I can, kind of what I've been thinking about. If you're tuning in on video, you can tell I'm growing my beard out. Why? Because I'm going over the holidays. So I know I'm going to be putting on some poundage. I'm going back uh, upstate with the fam for a month or so. And for Christmas, for the new year, for my mom's birthday. And I know I'm going to be grubbing. It's the holidays. We're going to be grubbing. And so this is to help maybe hide a little bit of the poundage as well as it's like, uh, the upstate tundra. So it's not, it's a little different weather than Medellin right now. (laughs) I think it's safe to assume. Um, so I'm growing the beard out for a bit, not going to be as crazy as it was in Asia. I do miss my big beard, but still with all the masks, uh, mandates and stuff like that, it's still kind of a pain in the butt to have a big beard and wear the mask. Those that do it, I recognize the hustle, um, So today, what are we talking about? I wanted to give you kind of an update on, it's like part life update, part book review at the same time. I've been reading like a fiend recently. If you don't, my friend Lena put me onto this. If you haven't heard about it, it's called Z Library and it can't be legal, but it's the best website I've ever encountered. And I mean that. And you get, you can pretty much find any ebook online that you want and download it. Um... And as somebody who has a Kindle, I i was never a Kindle, I was never a kind. this is my pitch for the Kindle, I was never a Kindle guy, but when you can have like 20 books on your device at the same time and travel around and it's like as half the size of a notebook, it's just a no-brainer, get used to it, check out Z Library, it's amazing. So, why do I tell you that? Because I've been reading Like a Fiend, doing these book reviews, really focusing on like I've said before in the previous pods, I'm at a bit of a crossroads. Turned 30, about six months into it now, and have been feeling a lot of different things. The last six months here, Medellin, have been very challenging in, in I'd say, two, two ways primarily. The first one being career. And at 30, I think you grow up a little bit and realize that life is short because you're already a third of the way there. As well as a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, two months ago, I was in the hospital. If you uh, were paying attention to any of my social media stuff, I was talking about being in the hospital. And I did a whole podcast on that kind of life lessons from being in the hospital and this kind of near-death experience and how that wakes you up. And I think career-wise, that's kind of where I've been stuck. Something I've been talking a lot about, obviously, every week, it's a recurring thing. It's how do I kind of break through to... The next level, where I have a uh, a great life in a very it's a it's a it's not a career per se because this isn't necessarily something I want to take the next level with with what I have with this online course business. I really want to almost start my career as an indie musician. So I'm kind of starting a career while winding another one down, which is what makes it challenging in one regard because i've i've kind of reached what i wanted this this passive income digital nomad lifestyle which is great it's not like i'm crushing it but it's plenty for a single guy living abroad and so it's cool to kind of have reached that mountain but and to be very very content and very happy with it but also realizing that there is that i want more i really would love to have the artist career that's always that's been my dream I've been very much in my uh, shadow career, as Stephen Presfield would say, being kind of close to what you want to do, but not exactly what you want to do, and trying to navigate that balance between starving artists and being able to monetize your art and your craft and where the balance lies in between those things of how much you're willing to sacrifice in order to make that happen. And... Not to make money, excuse me. Not to make art for the money, but also realizing that as much as I'm a craftsman at art and I love making the art, I I am I'm still working on finding ways to monetize that. And how much of myself am I willing to sacrifice for that? And things like TikTok right now are really big. Something that I've never been a fan of. Don't really. It's not my nature. Social media stuff isn't really like doesn't come naturally to me. I love YouTube, which is why I'm doing this. I love podcasting. I love making music. The Instagram and the TikTok stuff doesn't really come naturally but really trying to force myself to learn how to do it, get better at it, study it because I feel like it may be a necessary evil. And maybe that's kind of where I'm caught. And that's sort of these, this will be a recurring theme throughout this pod and continuing pods, sort of learning how to navigate into this, this mode of an indie artist, both the self belief that that takes and getting creative with marketing and actual more strategic things and then on a much deeper level kind of ratcheting it all back going into the subconscious of why i want these things anyways why is the success alluring and things of that nature that i that i am constantly battling against i think is this this is the kind of the theme of this 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 episode will be kind of cultural programming and in a lot of ways and then trying to unlearn some of these things and also understanding that 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 feeling of purpose almost having something to chase is also a i think a meaning of life in a way is that that sense of purpose you almost need demons to battle you need kind of that friction or that resistance to feel like you're moving towards something and the things that come with that in terms of success or fame validation for your art financial success as well all of these things i do find very alluring and and there is a craving for that i also think for the validation of the art having lived my whole life and not really people many people have listened to music which is my fault i haven't really put it out there and then also understanding why maybe i want those things and why maybe i haven't had the self-belief or the The motivation to work on the marketing and actually get it out there which is i think that's really what we're going to be diving into in this episode is those sort of subconscious pieces that are tied together so if you think about if if you really break it down i had a chat with a good friend named brandon who's just a marketing genius and just uh, a very sharp individual in general a great guy i met him out in bali when i was out there He's doing his own thing, but I was talking about this sort of stuff and he broke it down in terms of you have what you want, right? So let's say I want success as a musician, as an artist. And then if you break it down, what you're actually chasing is the feeling of success from being an artist. And then if you break it down like one step farther, it's like, why do you want that feeling in the first place? What are the emotions that you're actually after. What what are you? What what kind of void you're trying to heal with those things? But I uh, that's what I mean. Is there, there's a, there's just a lot of kind of moving pieces to this. And like I said, it's kind of two parts. And so that's one piece that I want to dive into with you guys here in a little bit is the the career piece over the last six months that has been challenge. It's not been it's been challenging just in trying to figure out wh- what I want, who I am, and where to go with it. And then on the other piece, being down here in Columbia, which I've talked about with you all before as well, that's been challenging, has been romance and love and sex and relationships and all of those things and how they're tied up to one, where I'm at in my life again with the 30 shit, because um, I see a lot of friends having kids or getting married, settling down as well as um, being down here in Colombia, where the there are these cultural differences too of kind of what 's expected and 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 bumping up against those things while also understanding my own starting to come to grips with my own desires, I think when it comes to something like a relationship or a, a long term relationship and sex and romance and how those are all kind of interconnected. And so those have been kind of the two big things that I've been working on, investigating, working through since being down here. And which brings me to my book review for this week, which is uh, The Game by Neil Strauss. So I first heard about Neil from actually crazy, crazy link. I didn't even think about this beforehand, but this is a crazy link. I started listening to his podcast, Live and Die in L.A., when I was renting an Airbnb in Canggu in Bali, the same week that I met Brandon, who's the guy I was just telling you about three minutes ago on this same pod, which is crazy. Signs, bro. But it's the truth. I was listening to Living. I remember I was listening to Living Die in LA in Bali, learning how to ride a motorbike. In Brandon, we happened to be in the same Airbnb when I connected with him. But wow, that's crazy. Anyways. To Live and Die in LA, great podcast. And the guy Neil Strauss, who was the journalist, I just thought he had a really interesting style. It was very, very brash, but it was also like kind of nerdy and scared. And I was like, who is this dude? And I didn't know that much about him, but then I found he wrote this book called The Game, which I was never really interested in, which I hadn't really read it until recently. Because with the with the my time in Asia, I've mentioned this before, I was almost Asexual. It's almost like if you don't use it, you lose it, sort of a thing. And I think I've said this time and time again, Ace women I think are beautiful, just maybe a little a different body type than normally what I gravitate towards. And so I was I was pretty focused my whole time in Asia, those three years I was out there, or I guess it was two years, and even time before that, I just didn't, I wasn't in a relationship, I wasn't really seeing anybody. I was just kind of nose to the grindstone on my purpose. Chasing the dream, building my business, staying, staying true to self. And it was it was great. But I always did feel like there was that piece missing. And I remember having a conversation with my mom. I would come home once a year at that point when I was in Asia, because it was so far away. I hated that flight. just a pain in the ass to get back into Thailand, whatever. Come home once a year. I remember telling my mom one winter we were walking around my grandma's house. Just having a walk. Me, mom, and the dog. And I was like, I'm ready, like I'm ready to have a relationship again, because I realized that like everything in life, if you don't put effort towards it, it doesn't happen. It's something that when I was younger, maybe I was better looking, maybe I had more game. I don't know what it was. It just kind of happened. I just met women that I thought were attractive that happened to like me back and we were able to make things happen. And you kind of just from being out and about and living life, you kind of made it work. It, or being, even when I was in New York and Philly on dating apps and stuff, but even in Philly towards the tail end, I was still so focused that I didn't see, I wasn't seeing anybody for yeah a lot of my time in Philly. So even that, I was already on that sort of wave of just like blinders on, women only as friends, like no sex, no relationships, like just grind, sacrifice, feel the pain, make it worth it. And I realized around the same time that I had that conversation with Mom, it was months and months before that I wasn't living a full a complete experience. I was doing the nomad thing, which was great, but I do think that unless you're like a monk or something like that where that is a that's intentional, I do think that romance and love and sex is an important part is an important part of the the human experience and honestly it's one of my favorite adventures to have with women romantic experiences are are some of my best memories of my life and i think also as an emotional guy like i i'm very drawn to that stuff and so in that moment after it was my last time i was coming home from asia i had that conversation with mama i was telling you about and then I was like, I'm going to make it a point to start dating again. I hadn't really – I'd been on maybe one date when I was in Asia, like one Thai girl I was into, and then I tried to kiss her after the date, which I didn't realize you were supposed to do, and so she got upset, and it kind of fell apart, Um, which I think kind of actually describes my interactions with Asian women <laughs> in general, romantic, romantic interactions. So – uh the whole The whole cultural piece, even out there, is still something i'm I'm learning here, which is part of the nomad experience If you aren't gonna date other nomads, it kind of comes with the territory of there are these cultural expectations that are invisible to you that you will bump up against, you will feel you will encounter if you spend a long enough time on the road. if you aren't just trying to like come down and like you know have some quick one night whatever if you're actually trying to like have something more substantial like you you start to bump into these things along your adventures that are part of the fun and also such an eye-opener in terms of realizing how different love is interpreted uh, interculturally. So I ended up in Mexico and started dating again. Actually having some luck with Mexican women. Shout out to Mexico. Shout out to Mexican women. Um, and I was like, okay, this is cool. And then it kind of woke that piece up in me again that, that had been lying dormant for years of love romance the whole thing and i was like man this is cool and, and i had kind of fell in love and got my heart broken and fell in love it's like it's just i was back in my kind of key rhythm of it and i say that to say that here i was down in mexico for about a year and a half i think almost two years and had some great relationships including the one that was a actual a, a real sub really substantial one that was committed the whole nine that was the, the mom that had a few kids and but towards the end of that relationship, I realized that I needed it to be. We had the conversation. I this is where I've been struggling with is I I I can have so much love for someone, for a partner, and also still desire like want the like physical needs met by other people, and that like that open like maybe it's polyamory or an open relationship, still trying to figure out that. But like, that's kind of what I need. I have a hard time. The monogamous part is sexually, at least I have a hard time committing to emotionally, no problem. But the reason why I've started to dig into why I tend to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe resistant or, or hesitant to jump into relationships is not because of the emotional commitment. It's Almost strictly because of the physical commitment. And, and understanding that those two things often, again, with the programming, we assume have to go hand in hand, and I don't think that they do. And exploring those ideas of what that could look like. And so towards the end of that relationship... I didn't realize it was the end of the time, but I I thought we were going to be in it for a little longer. So we had those conversations. We started to to negotiate and figure out what that even looked like and understand that that is a possibility and that that's, that's, that's where I talk about this a lot too. It's kind of my mantra, whether it's the career piece, which we'll talk about or the romance love sex piece, this, this constant push and pull that I have between philosophy and biology. And, wanting to be a good partner and a conscious man and a good lover and the best person that I can be and at the same time this very real biology of being a man and I just think human in general wanting to procreate or at least practice and understanding that that's an important piece to me as well that's not something that I take lightly that I can just be like, well, let me just brush that under the car. Like, that's a very, it's a big motivator for, for my, my energy, I think. And maybe that's a problem in and of itself. But it is starting to realize how much, how much that freedom is important to me. My entire life is based around freedom. And that is, I think a lot of these things are kind of interrelated, which is why I'm talking about them here at the same time is that freedom is kind of my premium, both in terms of love romance and in terms of career uh, income, stuff like that. Like that's why I, I do what I do. And with the travel and the, the two backpacks and the, the, why I don't have a job. Like just, I, I'm a dude, I gotta have freedom to, I'm a crazy, you know, I'm a Gemini, a part robot. Like I'm just kind of off my own world, like I got to have that freedom to do what I want to do. But that doesn't mean that I i don't think I'm capable of a very deep, incredible relationship and, and human connection with, a, with, with one partner, having that emotional connection with one partner, but understanding the physical freedom piece that I do think the older I get, the more I, I understand is important to me. And especially after those three years of not having of being completely shut off to me and my energies and that sexual energy completely turned off from that. It was just non-existent. I'm not even joking. It's like, it was just gone. I've talked to people like, yeah, yeah, you're just like, we're asexual. It's just weird. But really learning from that and understanding that I've also had those phases where it was, I was too focused on chasing ladies and just pursuing romance and losing myself Or even in a relationship, it could be something deeper and losing myself too much to that part. And so I do think there is this sort of happy medium that I'm trying to find and experiment with. But understanding that, especially here in Colombia, there's a lot of There are a lot of interesting dynamics going on around women. The women are especially beautiful, but around women, power, sex, and money that I think are... A lot of those end up being displayed on the dating apps, like Tinder, which when I was in the States and I was in Mexico, was no problem. I didn't think anything of it. Here... You hear some stories, I have some homies, you get propositioned that a lot, it's just It's a different kind of world, the way that those kind of interplay here on the online dating apps. And so I've taken an approach more offline of the dating apps and realizing that I was, I needed some some help, I think, uh... Learning how to learning how to approach women and 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 wanting to start something out of a real life conversation more than a dating app conversation. And since I'm a robot and I go to bed at nine thirty, though the club scene, dance scene just isn't exactly my vibe. So I think that's normally when people are out meeting folks. But for me, my for me it's all about day game. Like I'm just I want to meet you at if I'm walking to the you know at the grocery store aisle or maybe if we're walking. Um, Like there's this big stadium that I live near, you know, out and about doing, you know, physical activity or whatever it is like learning how to get better at approaching people, women and men in general, it's not even just for, for pickup, but just people in general and getting past that initial fear of having bad Spanish and whatever it is. And so I, I landed on, I say that today, I landed on this book called the game that it finally was kind of was like oh, this would be interesting and seeing kind of what is in here around this sort of stuff, hence the Neil Strauss stuff, and it was my review of the book is I think it's a great book to read for a guy for men or women, just to it's also I'm like twenty years late to the book, so there's that, but I think a lot of the concepts still apply and when you when you break them down, a lot of if you look behind all the kind of stupid tactic stuff i'm not i it's too much for me to remember the tactic stuff. It's like too much pressure. For me, I just need to like be Kia. Like that's the one thing that I can actually do and do well. And I don't have to think about it too much. But it was cool to see. And this is also something I've been diving into in this men's group I go to every Tuesday. This difference between masculinity and femininity. And what what often women want and what men want. And, and this sort of... Uh, projection of self that we have and that kind of interplay between those things that i do think there are some cool gems in the book just around confidence and some real gems around how things like self-belief how confidence um you know not having fear a lot of these 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 ideas play into it that are the guy who wrote the book is not like he's like some huge jacked Guy that I'm like, oh my god, and funny over. He's like five six. He's kind of he's bald like me. He's got glasses, but he becomes the number one pickup artist in the world just because he's a good conversationalist. He's entertaining, and he he's able to provide a good time for these these women. So. As women as well, I think it could be an interesting read into I've been I was talking to some friends, some lady friends, and they're like, Man, I'm I don't know why, you know, I'm looking for the right one and I'm looking for the one in general, and guys are doing this, and I think just to be able to understand like how men think more, I think it's a great read. Also, you can tell if guys are trying to use like these like stupid tactics and stuff on you, but that I've just never been a guy that was like into tactics, but there are there are cool cool takeaways that I think that are underneath all of that kind of like they're doing like magic tricks and stuff to impress women, which is just like, not, (laughs) not something I would do or incorporate, but this idea around speaking your truth, being confident and, and being different. That's like the whole, the whole thing with the magic tricks and all that is how do you, how can you be different? How can you stand out? I do think are, I think a lot of people have a really negative response to the book and I get that because a lot of it seems slimy but if you strip that part away and actually dig into what it is it's these guys that I think like myself too that are kind of maybe feeling a little bit like outsiders or like the kind of more introverted types how they could still have a chance with women by leaning into those uh, strong suits or leaning into different ideas around being different or like I said confidence If you know these sorts of things that I do think are for me were really important in takeaways to understand that um, it's less about tactics and more about how can you how can you provide a, a interesting or different unique experience than the where are you from, what do you do for work, et cetera, et cetera. It's changed my my dates for sure. I've been like, ah, oh, I should come up with some like different questions. Some like just like weird, oddball, more deep questions. You can actually get to know somebody rather than the where are you from, blah, blah, blah. So Either way, I think it was a cool book to just know and read. And it's just he's – a, he's a journalist and he's a good writer. So just his, his – the way that world, that pickup world kind of consumes him for two years is just entertaining as hell just because he's a good writer too. He's like this nerdy guy that's like terrible with women and ends up becoming like the best pickup artist in the world. It's just, it just an interesting book. Less than even like how to pick up women and more just like as a, as a kind of look into human psychology. And then he followed up 10 years later with another book. I was like, what else has he written? And his kind of the, the the fallout from that first book and how he's then trying to navigate relationships and marriage and kids. After that, 10 years later, this other book he wrote called The Truth in 2015, which I'm working on now. And it's really interesting because there's a lot of the same stuff I've been thinking about. That, Like I was telling you before, that he was going through and experimenting with too in terms of relationships and and monogamy polygamy all these things that are are just on my radar things i'm thinking about and just trying to think differently around what i've always been taught or not necessarily been taught you don't even realize that it's teaching but things that are like i said before kind of programming these ideas that are intrinsic what we think about things and so i'm going to use that to go to this quote my boy brandon told me the other day that i loved from the psychologist named carl And, or Zhang, I can't remember. Anyways, it's, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. That's a bar. One more time. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And I think in layman's terms, in Kia's terms, a little less, extravagant we all have software that we're running that you don't even realize it like you might have buggy software that you're running in your operating system your human brain operating system that you aren't even aware of that you're running it and it's not until you can spot those things that then you know to work on them i think that's why therapy can be really huge someone just kind of holding up a mirror and saying hey you might not even realize you're, you're doing these same patterns, these cyclical patterns, like, I just want to let you know you're doing it, like, maybe we can dig into why, but I just want you to know you're doing it, and so recently, this has come up for me with my buddy Dylan, one of my best friends named Dylan, if you know me, you know Dylan, shout out Dylan, and I, I, on my last podcast too, I think I was telling you, I was like, balls deep in Portuguese. I've been really wanting to go to Brazil. I've been learning Portuguese like a fiend recently. And I was studying like eight hours a day, five, six, seven, eight hours a day on Portuguese. Boom, 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 wake up. I was in Portuguese boot camp pretty much. And he's like, he's like, I thought you were trying to be a rapper. He was like, what are you doing studying Portuguese eight hours a day? And I was like, running away from my purpose. Good point. So I think that there's something there. One, I'm just a passionate dude. So um, it's not like I didn't love, st- I loved studying the Portuguese. I love language learning, but there's also a part of me that, that I think I feel stuck and not exactly sure which direction to go with the music. And there's probably a lot of my, myself that's holding myself back. I'm probably just getting my own way for a lot of, for a lot of, in a lot of ways, it might not even be aware of them. And that's where I think for me at this phase, I've learned a ton. I have some incredible gems I've picked up along the way. I continue to learn. I really think though what will separate me, this version of Kia from the next version of Kia, the one who really takes it to the next level is from unlearning though. I I think right now I've gotten so much good info downloaded, changed my mindset that I think right now what'll really help me is if I can unlearn some programming around limiting beliefs, around money, around self-worth, even then, even we were talking about even around relationships and sex and all these things that I have. When I think of success, it, it sounds almost dirty to say things. It sounds ego-driven, money, fame, acclaim, validation. These all sound kind of like dirty words. And I don't think that they have to be. I think that there's a lot to be said for wanting to be successful. I think there's a real beauty in in people acknowledging and appreciating your work i I don't think that that necessarily is inherently wrong. I don't think that the the power and status piece I think that i that I feel attracted to isn't i think is also like i said philosophy biology i think is inherently human in wanting wanting those things as an as an animal but the 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 more conscious part of my brain feels like those are wrong for some reason and that those are not worthwhile things to chase that those are things that that Go against the sort of like be humble and fit in and respectful sort of a a thing that I think is often championed, and that's where I think I was having a conversation with my buddy Dave about this. I think a lot of it comes down to how you maybe how you get it and how you use it. Something like power, it's like it's like a weapon. It's not good or bad. It is, but what do you do with it? How do you use it? And in terms of being a leader, if you're a leader of a company, you can be a total dickhead and have a huge company, but you're still a dickhead. Like I'm not sure if that's like still a great experience to have, or if you like built the same company, but you were a rock star CEO and you you the the you it was a, you're a great person to work for. That's probably a completely different experience. And so that's my point is I I don't think it's those those things as much. Those things that I do inherently, if I'm honest with myself, with my ego with that philosophy biology part that that chasing of success is a real it's very real and i think that life would be a lot of fun with success and i think it would be i just think there would be cool opportunities and cool projects to work on i'm not saying that i'm that i'm completely unfulfilled or unhappy now not having success I think there are a lot of days when I'm sitting here in front of this window. You can't see it, but I like I eat lunch and I'm looking out over Medellin, and I feel super happy, super content to have gotten this far. and And I don't think it's a zero sum game. I don't think it's it's only your gratitude and or you're grateful and content and that's it. I think I can be grateful and content and also feel that that lust for life. Shout out Drake one time, and that 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 lust for more and finding the kind of balance between those two things. Or not even a balance, but maybe it's seasonal. Maybe there is a season to chase and pursue and to, you know, I call it hunting and farming, where you're hunting for it, you're going after it, you're, you're, you're you know, pedal of the metal, and then other seasons where it's more that grateful, content, you know, you're farming, you're kind of reaping the spoils of that effort, spending time with family, et cetera, et cetera. And that it it might not be a balance thing. I don't do balance very well in general, which is why I kind of like this idea of kind of seasonal. I can just totally go in, balls to the wall, everything. Even when it comes to like relaxing, chilling out, like I relax hard, you know, when I'm going home with mom and dad, I'm probably not going to make a ton of music. I'm going to just be, you know, boxing in the basement, working out, eating good food, hanging with mom and dad and, you know, learning Portuguese and running Facebook ads. Like it's not going to be super crazy, but then I'm hoping, you know, that's that kind of farming period. And then it's boom, hunting again for six months, pedal of the metal. And I say that to say, to help me unlearn a little bit, I'm going to do some ayahuasca. And I'm excited. I've been, I've heard a lot about ayahuasca for a long time, ayahuasca ceremonies. When I was in Mexico, I have a friend that I wanted to do it with, but it just didn't feel right at the time. I wasn't I don't know, I just wasn't super motivated to do it, it just didn't, I was like, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, could take it or leave it, just didn't seem that important. Recently, I would say on, on my hippy-dippy tip, I would say it's been, I feel like it's been calling to me, and the best way I can say is just something, just feeling excited about it, curious, motivated to want to try it, and I think from one reason is because I think psychedelics in general. I've had another podcast. The first time I tried psychedelics, the reason why I'm attracted to them is the way that they can, I think, dis- you, there's this disassociative quality to them, where you can kind of get your ego out of the way and maybe have a little bit more objective perspective on yourself. Maybe pull some things out of your subconscious that that your ego is there to protect you from, so you don't you don't. They might not they might be there but you might not even be really that aware of them and that's something that i would just like to dive into more i think like i said with the unlearning phase i'm at a point where i feel really ready i feel ready to take things to the next level i've been very happy with this business and what i've been doing for the last two years i'm kind of at a point where it's like i want i want the challenges like i'm ready to Step it up. I'm ready for things to change. I'm ready to really kind of go after it. And this is part of the reason why I even have my vasectomy too is I feel feel like my 30s are going to be more like my 20s. (laughs) Like my 20s, I feel like we're just kind of like trying to just figure shit out. And now my 30s are going to be like, I figured a lot of that stuff out. I've dialed in a lot of skills. I have some really cool skills and abilities now. And now I'm going to like put them to use. I'm just a late bloomer, man. Like I always did think it would be cool to have a family and may still maybe someday. But I really want to dedicate these next, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, ten years to just like doing it and seeing how far I can take this thing. And I know like starting a rap career at 30 is pretty atypical and probably the chances of success are slim. But again, in the grand significance of the universe and all of human time, we're such a small blip on the radar that – Honestly, everything is insignificant, which is, in a way, I think incredibly liberating. Because if none of it really means anything, then why not enjoy it and make the most of it and go for it? And that's that's where I'm at. And And so I think trying to find this next, I feel just kind of like I'm on the brink of something, but I don't know what it is. And that's what I'm hoping that the ayahuasca will help me find, or the ayahuasca is gonna slap me around a bit, and I is gonna tell me, yo you actually need to look over here because this is what has been messing with you, and you didn't even realize it." And so this last week, I've been preparing like like a like the good robot that I am. I was t- I've been taking the diet pretty seriously. No sugar. It's it's everything that I pretty much. I mean, I live. I'm clean as a whistle as is. It's like. I I don't, I did the no sugar was hard because there is some like chocolate peanut butter that I love, but cut that out. Um, but it's like no caffeine, no alcohol, no drugs, no sex, no sugar, no salt. Your boy loves some salt. So I've still been doing some salt. Don't tell, but everything else for the most part have been pretty good about, and it's going to be an experience either way that I'm excited to have. And I'm excited to learn from, I'm excited to process, and I'm excited to share with you all. And that's why I come on this podcast in general. One, it's for you to kind of let you know what what I'm going through, what's going on, what's going through my head, what we're working on. But also it's for myself to – these podcasts are, I think, good time markers for myself so I can see where I'm at. Again, another piece of that reflection to understand how I've been changing what – to see the progress – that I think if we don't have these markers of documentation, sometimes they can slip by us. And 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 I know I've grown and I've grown so much over the last few years. The nomad journey I feel like it was almost like where my life started in a way at twenty seven. That these these vlogs and these podcasts have been a helpful reminder on how much the business has changed, how much success I've been able to have, and and feel very grateful for because it, you know it's where hedonistic creatures these things often become. Taken for granted, so so being able to see that as well as right now even with the Aya, like I feel like I'm really on the brink of something and excited to kind of see where we're able to take it. Right now, I've been I've been sick for the last few weeks, but I'm feeling good in terms of health stuff. I've been boxing. I got my ass kicked on Monday by my boy Vlad. I still have a headache, maybe some minor CTE. Don't tell my mom. And been boxing, been hitting the gym dialing and stuff for the diet for the ayahuasca and just really get my mind right, setting intentions, digging deep, really trying to think about what I want out of this next phase and where we're going next, who I am, like what, what being really raw and honest about my, my skills and abilities, both, both positives and things that I could work on as well. And trying to push my comfort zone in in terms of talking to strangers, talking to women, learning a new language like all these things that really push myself because I think it's these challenges and like I said before even with the success it, what makes it worth chasing is that it's the chase is kind of the game like that's that's the point you know you you got to have something that you want to wake up and and go get so I'll cap it there I know this was a long one weird and interrelated but I think there are a lot of connects between the two and I'm excited to tell you what this experience is like. I've I, I got a great guide who had we had a group meeting this last week and talked about it. And the shaman has been doing this for like 30 years. We're going to go out to this place designated for the ceremonies. It's a small group. And I'm excited to see what, what she shows me. And then maybe next week I'll talk about it. But if I haven't had enough time to really process it again, I might take some time. Before uh, giving you guys all the goods. But I'm going home next week. Back to New York. See the fam. And so you can hear from me either again here in this apartment. Or I'll be home doing the damn thing. Thanks as always for tuning in. If you made it this far, you're a real one. You already know what it is. Check you in a minute. Peace.